Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is June 24th, 2019. And like I said on Friday, this weekend is going to be full of events. Now, I direct you back to uh, November 2018 and December 2018, where I uh, broke it down as to where we will be seeing turmoil and where indeed we may see war strike, you know, strike. And the thing is, a lot of people are anticipating war with Iran. Now, that's a war we don't want to happen because we want to break the cycle. But if you listen back to November and December, and I do have a couple of articles on torysays.com, you can go there and just in the search bar, just type the word Turkey. You'll see how what I've been telling you in the past pretty much p- proves what's going on today and obviously the future. And it is escalating at a really fast pace. This weekend, Bolton met, had uh, meetings with uh, Russian and um, Israeli uh, foreign uh, policy or you know, defense ministers discussing Syria and Turkey. Then he also met with Netanyahu in Israel. I will play a little bit about what they talked about. They were talking about Iran during the press conference, but the majority of the conversation stemmed to Turkey. The reason is, is because their their increased aggression and reluctance to abide by international laws and claiming, well, we see it this way, so we're right and you're wrong. It is a hot mess. On the other hand, with Iran, President Trump uh, even tweeted out this morning, hey, why are we down there protecting all these ships, you know, going through the strait? Why are we protecting them? Why are we giving protection to the coast of Amman, right? Why are we down there? We have our own energy. We're energy independent. Let them figure it out. And this stems from, from one particular event. Apparently, Oman has been discussing with the IRDC of Iran, telling them that the U.S. plans to attack them. Now, unbeknownst to many, there was a cyber attack against Iran, causing them severe damage to their missile systems, which will take weeks to repair. Now, as that's going on down there by the Strait of Hormuz and the, and the Gulf of Oman, 
We got the Eastern Mediterranean. The temperature is so high. Not only from the aggression by Turkey, not only by Turkey not even responding to logic. They're pointing out, well, here's the facts. These are, this is international law. This is the EU economic zone. This is the sovereign territory of these countries. Like, what are you doing? And they're like, well, yeah, so you could say whatever you want, but as a country, we don't acknowledge that. We say what goes. Kind of like they're the only ones that identify that the northern part of Cyprus is actually Turkey. They're the only ones on the planet that identify it as Turkey, even though it's occupied, right? Remember, they invaded Cyprus and and have actually occupied half the island. It is pure insanity. I will break it down so you guys can see exactly where we're going because Bolton and Netanyahu talked about it. Why? Because Turkey's aggression spills into the Eastern Med, which who else is in there? Of course, there's Jordan, there's Israel, there's Syrian waters. So it is a massive concern. And I only direct you to President Trump's tweets today so you can understand what he is saying to Iran in summary. That all he wants is, dude, let's talk. Just don't make nuclear weapons and let's get on with it. So Brian Hook is uh, the envoy uh, to Iran. And Iranian sources tell me that the Ayatollah is totally on board with discussing and having diplomatic um, dialogue open with the United States. And so this is looking pretty good. Uh, The fact that the IRGC uh, official was also executed, big deal there. We'll break all of that down. Domestically, we have so much rubbish going around. I mean, come on, guys. Complete rubbish. But aside from the fact that we have all this ice debacle that I'll talk about, you know, about um, how, you know, McKellen was the one that like, Uh, leaked and there's five people talking about it and they're like yo he did it finger pointing we also have you know Pelosi putting forward oh let's talk about you know sanctuary and asylum and this and President Trump's totally entertaining it people are upset they're like oh he pulled out on the ice raids um who said that they were really gonna happen this is what people don't seem to understand President Trump this morning talking about the Federal Reserve. I've already talked about it since last year. It's only a matter of time. The minute we hit 2020 and he wins, they're gone. Because they're not working for us. So with the G20 summit coming up, we have a lot going on. Uh, Turkey is in turmoil. They are in the center of everything. We will be sanctioning them. Uh, You know, with the F-35 program, Today, they came out and they were like, well, hey, Russia, when are we getting our S-400s? We want them now. And it's like, but F-35, yeah, we don't care what the U.S. says. We're still getting them. They unveiled a new aircraft that nobody knew about uh, just this weekend. But at the same time in Turkey, Erdogan got the biggest slap in the face. We're going to talk all about that today. So that way we understand as Americans where we stand and it only further demonstrates just how incredible this administration is by putting America first. It's not about helping other people. It's about helping us. 
It's not about making other nations rich. It's about making us rich. And it's not so much saying, oh, we're going to get rich, but you're going to get poor. It's like, dude, you want to join the game? Get competitive. Uh, But no more us just giving you handouts. Uh, We're also going to talk about how Obama right now is in Italy talking with uh, officials from Oman, officials from Iran, uh, with European uh, assets. And also, you know, he's at George Clooney's house. And a lot of people don't know that George Clooney's wife is, is, and this is public knowledge, okay? It was announced years ago. She, she actually works with the GCHQ. What is that? The counterpart for the English CIA, let's say. So, which there isn't any. It's not a central intelligence agency. It's just a central agency. Let's get that right. So, so much to talk about. So much going on. And domestically, they're just, you know, showing us things that make absolutely no sense. We got Swallowell with five people talking about how great his campaign is. We've got the DNC debates coming up. And, you know, if all of you, like me, placed your bets, we're good to go. Um, There's so much. Wow. Jossie Smollett. I don't even know where to start. I think I'm going to start with the more heavy-duty stuff, like what's going on uh, worldwide. Let's talk Pompeo. Let's, no, let's talk Bolton. And I, wanna, I want to start with that. I think um, maybe we can start with what they were talking about um, you know, him and Bibi about Iran and what's going on. Bibi actually made really good points. So, uh, let me play that clip for you guys. I I'm just so shocked. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest that the mainstream media isn't talking about this. This weekend has been so productive, so productive in regards to foreign policy. It's ridiculous. And all they're talking about is the Loser candidates that the DNC has, they've spread themselves so thin just to fatten up their coffers. And guess what? The DNC coffers may be fattening up from here, 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 here. Uh, you know, and we'll talk about a few of these candidates, all right, just to have a laugh. But that's not their candidate. It isn't even Biden. Okay, take a listen. And good morning to you, Ambassador Bolton and John. It's wonderful to see you again in Israel. You've been a great friend of Israel for many years and a personal friend of mine for many years, uh, and you have uh, been an outstanding champion of the American-Israel alliance. And I have to say that that alliance is at an all-time high. I think it's reached uh, unprecedented heights under the leadership of uh, President Trump. Uh, And I think that America has no greater friend than Israel, and Israel has no greater friend and ally than the United States. Your visit is an opportunity to uh, strengthen that alliance even further, Uh, as well as to discuss how best to address the enormous challenges we face together in the Middle East, particularly at this sensitive time. As you know, Iran has long been conducting a campaign of aggression and terror across the region, in Iraq, in Syria, in Lebanon, in Yemen, and elsewhere. When sanctions against Iran were removed a few years ago as part of the nuclear deal, and tens of billions of dollars began to pour into Iran's coffers, Iran's aggression increased dramatically. Now, I want to state this very clearly. The supporters of the Iran deal argued that the infusion of cash, massive cash, into Iran's economy would uh, moderate Iran. They argued that uh, Iran would become uh, inward uh, focused, would uh, start nation building, 
Uh, and in fact, the opposite has happened. The very opposite has happened. Iran used those hundreds of billions of dollars to fund empire building, not nation building. That is the, uh, the uh, uh, stamping of one state after the other and the devouring of one state after another in the Middle East. Those who argue that the Iran's aggression began after uh, the recent actions, uh, I think they're not living on the same planet. This is completely false. We in Israel saw Iran's aggression uh, in their increased efforts to establish Iranian military bases in Syria, in their increased efforts to provide sophisticated <coughs> weapons to Hezbollah, in their increased financial support for terror proxies like Hezbollah, Hamas, and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Uh, this increased right after the deal, right after the deal, with the removal of sanctions, we in Israel could see an explosion of terror and aggression. Likewise, our Arab neighbors saw exactly the same thing. They saw Iran's aggression and Iran's increased support for terror groups that threatened them, from the Shiite militias in Iraq to the Houthis in Yemen. Well before Iran's act of aggression of recent weeks, such as the attacks on oil tankers and the downing of an American drone, Iranian forces fired dozens of rockets into Israeli territories and flew drones into Israeli airspace. Iran also fired rockets deep into Saudi Arabia and through their proxies endangered international shipping lanes. This is all months and years ago. After the deal, but before recent events, Iran has been in a campaign of aggression. Those who describe the recent actions as somehow opening a hornet's nest are living on another planet. In fact, the one thing that has changed for those of us who live in the Middle East is not that Iran is attacking its neighbors or brazenly perpetrating wanton aggression. What's new is that now, thanks to crippling American sanctions, Iran is facing unprecedented economic pressure as a result of its aggression. So I was pleased to hear President Trump make clear yesterday that pressure will continue and that pressure will increase. And I look forward to discussing this and other <laughs> issues that affect, affect the stability of our region with you, uh, uh, Mr. Bolton, John. I also want to thank you for your willingness to participate on Tuesday in a historic meeting that will bring together the national security advisors of the United States, Russia, and Israel. The mere fact that such a high-level meeting is taking place between the great powers, the United States of America and Russia, here in Israel, I think is unprecedented. It speaks loudly about the nature of Israel's standing among the nations, and in this case, among two of the greatest nations on earth. Okay, so before Bolton speaks, I just wanted to recap what points we should listen to. The whole Iran deal, as President Trump said, was to give a lot of money to Iran in a way to deter them for from enriching uranium and, you know, having a lot of heavy water, which you need both, right, to, to maintain, okay? You need the water, the heavy water for the uranium, okay? Let's keep that straight. And if we give them a lot of money, then they won't be selling that on the black market. And ergo, they're going to be investing it in their own community. This is BS because Iran is literally a money laundering front. They fund every single 
terrorist organization on this planet, regardless if it drives ideologies or uh, drives agendas of Iran, Al-Qaeda, Al-Shabaab, Hamas, Hezbollah, all of them. You name a terrorist group, they fund it, not because they push those ideas, because it's they are, think of it this way, ADP payroll for the corrupt clowns in governments across this planet that wish to perpetuate fear in order to gain more control over their citizens. And the way this is done is not just by terrorizing their citizens on their own soil, like explosions, gunfights with, you know, random, oh, look, we found a passport in this fire. Oh, look, you know, 9-11 went down, but we found one of the perpetrators' passport intact. You know, not those kind of attacks only, but attacking countries that they wish to dominate and causing the innocent civilians to flee, along with terrorists in the mix, to infiltrate and invade other countries of the Western world. I mean, think about it. If you live in Libya, right? Speak Arabic, right? Or Lebanon. Why would you flee to Germany? Why would you flee to Greece? Why would you flee to France? Wouldn't you flee to a nation that already speaks your language? That would be sympathetic to your situation because they are. Uh, Why wouldn't you flee to like Egypt or, you know, Jordan or, you know, Saudi Arabia, Oman, Yemen. I'm just naming Kuwait, whatever. Why would you flee so up north to a place that doesn't speak your language? Get what I'm saying? So... This is how you control populations. And the whole reason we had invasions in Europe and we have the invasion going down on our southern border is for one key reason. And that is to kneel their economy. Meaning, if we have an influx like we have, look how many migrants are already, illegal migrants are already in the United States. The IRS has been paying them refunds as they file taxes without even paying taxes. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, they mooch off the teat of the United States, which is uh, funded by your hard earned tax dollars. So that vaporizes. So when you have, you know, 450 million people living in the United States and 60 million of them, and I guarantee you that's how many there are, are illegal migrants who get free health care, free housing, free food, free everything and don't pay taxes. What does that leave the nation with? A very large deficit. It perpetuates homelessness. It uh, abandons Americans. This is why we have homeless veterans, but not a lot of homeless illegal migrants, do we? Most of the people on the street aren't, you know, people that came off a caravan or flew in from the Congo and crossed the border and are on the street. No, they're not. They're American citizens. Those people that illegally cross the border have shelter, have food, and have health care on our dollar. So again, terrorist groups are not just to instill fear on your soil of being attacked, right? They're not just that. It's to create an influx of migrants to change, to fundamentally change the country that they infiltrate. 
fundamentally change them, change them by demanding changes to accommodate them. That's how you successfully, you know, whip a civilization that you're under control, that are under your control to your demands. This is how you make them kneel and bow to the changes that you put forward and they have no way to refute, to demand, to make changes. I mean, uh, you know what? Here's an example. We have like, for let's bring up Minnesota because Ilhan Omar is a hot topic. Everyone's taking credit for Laura Loomer's work. Let me not get started on that. That irritates me beyond anything. When I see clowns on the internet, oh, talking about all this, then calling the Star Tribune an actual legit, you know, uh, journalistic source, repeating what Laura Loomer has said forever. That repeating the things she said that got her removed from the global community. She's been ostracized. She's been exiled from the uh, modern community, which is online. So Ilhan Omar lives in Minnesota, which has one of the highest populations of Somalis. What goes on in that area? First of all, they demand pork-free restaurants. They demand time off work for prayer. They demand that people comply. They demand, 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 demand. Those demands are changing the fundamental uh, lifestyle of Americana. It is no longer Americana. It's let's all be accepting. You didn't see Jews telling people that they need to change stuff for them. You didn't see historical Christians, Eastern Orthodox Catholics demanding people change things for them. Yet for some reason, people are changing things for them. Why? Because they are strong in numbers in that area. Why? Because that is the purpose. If you are able to destroy Your identity is a nation. (laughs) You know, if you can do that, the nation that used to be united on whatever foundations they had no longer exists, you can control them so easily. That is the whole purpose of these invasions. That is the whole purpose of funding terrorism. And you know what? When Peter Strzok's dad, Peter Strzok, okay, his daddy, Strzok Sr., when he went down to Iran, he did exactly that. He created that front. We had North Korea set up by the central agency. Why? To be the nuclear threat. This is the war threat for the whole world. And the whole world knows we controlled them. So if we're saying they're a threat, everybody's a target. Right? Not not us. They're like, why are they telling their people they're the target if they're the ones maneuvering the buttons? You know? We look like idiots. Us, the voters, look like idiots to other nation leaders. So that's one. And then the other one is funding terror, money laundering, stealing your money and bringing it back to themselves, all done through Iran. So they had the money front, right? And the nuclear front. The nuclear front diffused right away. You know, I talked about how uh, Kim Jong-un's brother was a central agency asset, right? What people like to call the CIA. Again, I hate calling them the central intelligence agency because they're not intelligence. They are for the purpose central agency, meaning they run everything. Secrety, you know, in a covert way, in a, in a visible way, that's it. So we've got them exposed you know, holding on to Kim Jong-un and now he is free. Now we need to have the Khamenei. Khamenei needs to be free too. But 
you know, Strzok Sr. had set up the IRGC. And these are the people that Dianne Feinstein met with. These are the people that control him. People need to be a little bit more focused to the details of what is being said by leaders, what is being done by leaders, and then compare that to what the Democrats are saying. It is imperative that we have our eyes open because war is brewing. Now, if we're actually going to partake in it, that's a different story. And you know what? Russia, genius. Genius. Because you know what? Russia, China, Israel, other nations too, like Saudi Arabia, those that you've been told are enemies, right? Where's South Korea, by the way? I'm going to mention that again. Where's South Korea? We haven't heard a peep from them. So those nations have one one common thought. NATO is a money leech to create this facade of unity along with the UN, you know, of people just pouring in money and it's countries that have agreed to this nefarious plan. And what Turkey is doing is going to break NATO apart and Russia is loving it. That was their plan all along. And the fact that Russia has the power to save Turkey in a sense and not doing it speaks volumes, especially now that Erdogan within his borders has had the biggest slap in the face that we're going to talk about later. Um, So after the break, I'm going to play for you what Bolton said during this meeting, what he was saying about the United States, what he was saying about Iran, and then we'll break down the Syria talks. We'll break down the Turkey talks. I'll play a couple clips from foreign media because the mainstream media is not talking about of exactly what's going on in the Eastern Med. And remember, it's Greece, Cyprus, and Israel, and obviously Syria, but Syria is not really active in it. They've got a war going on, right? Um, in the Eastern Med because of Turkey. So I'll see you all in just a bit. And remember, uh, you guys can always donate to the General Flynn Defense Fund. The details are in the commercial. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? 
Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So to continue on what I was saying about Iran is, is Iran indeed is like in its entirety, for argument's sake, is the enemy. But the leadership is really not. We heard the president even say that when he was asked, oh, my gosh, you think Iran is like behind this? And he was like, I don't think it was leadership. Maybe it was someone below them, maybe like a general, someone that did something really, really stupid. Because he knows and he's telling you and it's like nobody's paying attention at all. And so now this weekend, so much has developed. Uh, You know, Iran is coming to the table. And when I say Iran, I should say Khomeini is coming to the table. Uh, You know, we've got Israel, we've got Russia, and we've got the United States all working together to, uh, you know, help with Syria. Remember how I told you months ago how Turkey has been expanding their green zone or expanding their uh, operations, right? This is the same thing Iran did, not Iran itself, but the terrorist cells by claiming areas as their own. I just wanted to say that. All right, so let's go on to hear what Bolton had to say. I hope and expect that uh, this dialogue will be fruitful. I'm confident that it's possible to both find common ground and chart a path forward that will help promote security and stability in the region, particularly in Syria. John, let me conclude by saying again what a pleasure it is to see you in Jerusalem. Welcome to uh, Israel. Welcome to Jerusalem. Welcome, friend. Thank you. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to be back in Jerusalem to meet with Prime Minister Netanyahu and his team. Uh, I appreciate the Prime Minister's leadership and vision, his friendship, and his true and lasting partnership with the United States, demonstrated repeatedly when courage and persistence are required. Although I'm here for a previously scheduled trilateral meeting of the National Security Advisors of Israel, Russia, and the United States, hosted by Prime Minister Netanyahu, 
Current circumstances in the region make our conversations even more timely. I welcome the opportunity to strengthen even further the deep cooperation between the United States and Israel at this particularly significant point and to engage in strategic discussions with Russia and Israel to Okay, before I, I put it forward, what is he talking about, particularly with the circumstances? Because they were going to meet anyway to talk about Syria and Iran. So what is he talking about? The Eastern Mediterranean. Together. Certainly, there should be no doubt that under Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Trump, the United States-Israel security relationship has never been stronger. And it takes strong leaders to make strong commitments, especially in perilous times. This administration has recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital, moved the U.S. Embassy here, recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, and brought military cooperation between the two countries to new levels. These are not mere flourishes of rhetoric, which too often characterize international relations. These are concrete realities, and I'm sure there will be more to come. Prime Minister Netanyahu's strong relationships with both President Trump and President Putin augur well for the chances of success and greater alignment of the policies of these three great countries in a number of critical uh, security issues. President Trump looks forward to meeting with President Putin at the upcoming G20 summit in Osaka, Japan in the next few days, where many of these same issues will be discussed. I hope we can lay the groundwork for this meeting over the next several days here in Jerusalem. And as we meet, threats to international peace and security in the Middle East and around the world are on the rise. Iran's continued pursuit of nuclear weapons, its threats to exceed the limits set in the failed Iran nuclear deal in the coming days, its continuing buildup of menacing Quds Force capabilities in Syria and Iraq, its supply of sophisticated drones, missiles, and other advanced weapons to hostile surrogate forces in Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Yemen, and Afghanistan, and its continued threats and acts of aggression against Israel, our allies in the Arabian Gulf, and against U.S. personnel and assets across the Middle East are not signs of a nation seeking peace. Neither Iran nor any other hostile actor should mistake U.S. prudence and discretion for weakness. Who is the hostile actor that they're talking about? It's Turkey. No one has granted them a hunting license in the Middle East. As President Trump said on Friday, our military is rebuilt, new, and ready to go, by far the best in the world. Sanctions are biting, and more added last night. Iran can never have nuclear weapons, not against the USA and not against the world. And as he made clear yesterday, referring to his earlier remarks, the President said, I just stopped the strike from going forward at this time. We expect that the new sanctions President Trump referred to in preparation for some weeks will be announced publicly on Monday. Stay tuned. I'm delighted to be in Israel once again and look forward to our coming discussions. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you. So that was the conclusion of the meeting, and he said, stay tuned, and that more sanctions will be coming up. And like I um, stated earlier in the show uh, during kind of the introduction of what we're going to be talking about, the United States has already um, hosted a, a, a cyber attack against Iran, and it wasn't the United States themselves, but our partners. And who the partner is uh, will remain out. It's, it's, you know, it's something we didn't expect assistance or, or who we didn't expect assistance from. Uh, but, um, it's, it's, it's happening. So it's, it's a really big deal. Now I'm going to play a little, um, clip from TRT where they kind of summarize in 30 seconds, uh, w- the dispute in the Eastern Mediterranean Sea. Okay. Take a listen. Turkey claims this area as its continental shelf. As part of Turkish territory, Ankara says it's entitled to explore the region for oil and gas. But that overlaps an exclusive economic zone around the island of Cyprus, which Greek-administered Cyprus claims for itself, but Turkey does not recognize. It's further complicated by the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus, a state recognized only by Turkey, which also claims exploration rights in the area. So basically, they're they're expanding their waters, saying this is our territory. Nobody else says it's their territory. No one. It's just Turkey. It overlaps with what the EU, based on international borders that have been already outlined throughout time and history, says is, you know, the economic waters of the European Union that belong to Cyprus. So, like, even though Greece and Cyprus are in uh, the EU, and even though Greece administers Cyprus, which means it's kind of like a sub-country, and just a parenthesis here, just so you know, you know how the British, they used to send their criminals to Australia? Well, um, the Greeks, used to send um, their criminals to Cyprus. So it was kind of like their <laughs> their island jail back in the day. All right. So what's happening is, is like Greece can't go into Cyprus's water and go fishing because it's against EU law, okay? So there's b- boundaries. Now, further to that, not only does, you know, where they've expanded their borders, you know, fall into where the EU and the rest of the international world is saying, uh, that's Cypriot water. Don't forget, there's also the aspect of the Greek waters, right? But their occupation of northern Cyprus wraps around the whole island of Cyprus saying, oh, this is ours too. And they're the only ones that recognize it. So basically Cyprus has like, what, a couple miles of water. That's it. uh, Surrounding its, you know, its shores, which is crazy. Here's the other thing, though. By going into those waters, they actually intrude on Syrian and Israeli waters from the way they go, uh, making the international borders even smaller. So it is a real hot mess in the Mediterranean it is so it's, it's just pure insanity and here's where it gets more hostile okay Turkey is the only nation that refused to abide by any sanctions the U.S. put on Iran why because Iran is one of their main suppliers for oil through the pipelines we see that the European Union is coming out saying that they're doing illegal things oh no Turkey's doing illegal things But they're not really doing anything because they're energy dependent on Turkey. So here's a little clip saying that it's having a severe impact on EU-Turkey relations. The severe impact, guys, from your reporter that they're talking about is not so much, you know, how they see Turkey, but they're energy dependent on them. And so Turkey knows you're not going to do anything about it because if you do, then we're going to turn off the switch and you have no power. 
Concerning Turkey, uh, the Council confirmed that the country keeps moving away from the European Union by its own decisions. Therefore, the de facto hold uh, to the accession negotiations, which the Council decided last year, remains in place. Our discussion was affected significantly by the situation of the hydrocarbon drilling of Turkish boats inside the Cypriot exclusive economic zone, which is unacceptable. And therefore, uh, the Council conclusions uh, referred to this uh, uh, very, um, um, so to say, recent developments, and may I now quote, the Council underlines the serious immediate negative impact that such legal action have across the range of uh, EU-Turkey relations. And further, the Council invites the Commission and the EIS to submit options for appropriate measures without delays. This can include, uh, beside others, funding or high-level meetings. So, um, um, so that was Johannes Hahn from the European Council uh, talking about what Turkey's doing and sternly saying, all right, you know the decision we made last year, not letting you in the EU? Well, that stands now because of the stuff you're doing. And it's totally not right. It, it, they, are, they are actually breaking international law and so you know it is just uh, i'm when i tell you guys it's a hot mess it's a hot mess we have one guy reporting from the oil rig in dilovasi turkey where he talks about how um greece and cyprus and this is from you know four days ago asked the eu to sanction turkey or do something but unfortunately that would take forever and unfortunately that's never going to happen why Again, because the EU is energy dependent on Turkey. Greece and Cyprus approached the European Union to, uh, to come up with punitive measures against Turkey for its drilling operations. Greece and Cyprus claim that uh, what Turkey is doing by sending these ships into the Mediterranean is unlawful under international law. But Turkey disagrees. It says it has rights to these deposits, searching for these deposits in the eastern Mediterranean, as well as helping out the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus, which only Turkey recognizes. So it, um, it promises to be quite uh, an encounter, if, if there is, or in the Mediterranean, as far as Greece, Cyprus, the U.S. and Turkey are concerned, Rachel. Ali Mustafa joining us from Dilovasa on Turkey's Marmara coast. So as you heard, you know, the U.S. is involved in this. It gets even weirder because Turkey wants to talk with President Trump. Turkey wants, you know, to get on, uh, you know, good grounds with the president of the United States. Yet everything they're doing is to not have that done. And remember again, Turkey's main um, feed into their pipeline comes from Iran. Now, breaking, we had the, the president of the United States sign an executive order against Iran. Let's take a listen to this um, quick news clip about that. Let's get it up. So it just happened. So here we go. Sanctions imposed through the executive order that I'm about to sign will deny the Supreme Leader and the Supreme Leader's office and those closely affiliated with him and the office access to key financial resources and support. 
The assets of Ayatollah Khomeini and his office will not be spared from the sanctions. These measures represent a strong and proportionate response to Iran's increasingly provocative actions. We will continue to increase pressure on Tehran until the regime abandons its dangerous activities and aspirations, including the pursuit of nuclear weapons, increased enrichment of uranium, development of ballistic missiles, engagement in and support for terrorism, fueling of foreign conflicts, and belligerent acts directed against the United States and its allies. All right. So that executive order was just signed. And if you pay attention, he talked about the Ayatollah's assets, right? Uh, Khamenei assets. Guess who hosts most of these assets? Guess who will be responsible to hand those over? Exactly. It's Turkey. So this is not just, you know, hitting uh, Iran uh, because they are compliant. They're in talks. You know, we've got Brian Hook talking. This is different. We are awaiting a huge rift coming in uh, with uh, the United States and Turkey. And it goes even further than that. You know how they were part of our F-35 program. You know how they um, worked with us to create the F-35s. You know how we had their pilots flying them around and learning about them. Well, our rules to them were, you can't, you are not allowed to get S-400 missiles from Russia. Talked about this last year, talked about it again this year, and wow. You know, here's a short clip from Bloomberg to summarize. The U.S. may impose sanctions on Turkey for buying a Russian missile defense system. Well, Bloomberg has learned that the administration is considering three sanctions packages. The idea, with the most support, is to target several Turkish defense companies. While Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, is likely to ask President Trump to back down at next week's G20. So let's keep it on global trade. Let's actually keep it at what happens at the G20 next week. Joining us now, Vufango Piccoli, director of research at Tenio Intelligence. So Vufango, as always, thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure. I don't know whether President Trump is actually finding on multiple fronts trade concerns or whether this is just, you know, tweeting by storm for his election campaign. I think it's a bit of both, both here. Nothing particularly new. We have seen this period of intense Twitter activity. Uh, there is plenty on the agenda coming. He's launching his campaign. We might see more of this, I suspect. We might see more of this and actually translate into policy. So if you're, for example, looking at, at Turkey today, do you yeah. sell the lira because they could have sanctions? Or do you dismiss it as a, a Mexico too, where the president says, you know, I'm going to fight hard with Mexico, yeah. oh, but then we found an agreement? The sanctions on Turkey are coming. This is, this is not a process driven by the White House. It's a process driven by the U.S. Congress here. And that is actually the, the mistake that the Turks are making here, believing that they can reach a deal with Trump over this. The sanction process related to the acquisition of the S-400 is driven by Congress. The moment in which the S-400 arrives in Turkey, Turkey will face sanction. The president has to choose at least five out of the many of 12. There could be a chance there to do a mix between strong and, and soft. Uh, but that is basically the baseline at this point. The U.S. Okay, so that was the news on the 19th of June. But this weekend, and I tweeted this out... 
Netanyahu, okay, so it was Israel, Russia, and the United States were all meeting to talk about Iran and Syria. But guess what? They legit were supposed to have Turkey in this meeting, specifically the one talks about Syria and Iran, and they excluded them. They disinvited them. They said, nope, you're not part of this group anymore. See ya. So Turkey thinking that something will occur or that the president or like that lady on Bloomberg said, oh, it's probably Mexico 2.0. That's wishful thinking, guys. See, we've got everything under control at the border. I know it's a hot mess, but sometimes you have to follow in order to be able to eliminate the route, right? In regards to foreign policy, Iran is, according to my sources, the comedy compliant, Turkey is the rift. Turkey is the issue. Turkey is where it's all going to start. Because, you know, when you first see it, you see that um, you can you can tell that there's no going back in regards to the rift between our nation and Turkey. In regards to uh, the whole, oh, missiles and, you know, from... Uh, Russia and we're not going to be doing the F-35. You know, they thought that the U.S. was bluffing until we grounded their pilots. And, you know, the conflict seems like, oh, this can't really happen. But in theory, let's look at it this way. Turkey has no reason for themselves to cancel the Russian S-400 missile systems uh, that we're telling them not to. And they don't even have to, you know, battle in regards to the F-35 jets being supplied because the Russian and Chinese relations are, um, I would say they're starting to bring up a steadier economy and um, trying to bring together Kurdistan. Remember, I said redrawing borders. And and last week, the Khamenei, um, so Khamenei made a statement. He said, you know, we should uh, allow diversity in Iran. We shouldn't have Kurdish people feeling like this. You know, they deserve to have some, you know, of their own. And remember, Kurdistan is spread between the majority of Turkey, Iraq, northern Iraq, um, western Iran, and some of Syria. So this is how borders will be redrawn, okay? So what we need to understand is, is that Russia and China, along with Iran, and even the United States and Israel are supporting Kurdish borders. And Assad is kind of coming on board while they're discussing the war that's going on in the area of Idlib, which, believe it or not, the darn green zone, you would say, or safe zone or whatever you want to call it, has been pushed out from Turkey all the way to there which makes no sense. It's like half the nation. Like, why do you push so far? So there is no, there's not going to be normalization uh, between, uh, you know, Erdogan and the United States, especially now that Erdogan's future in Turkey is not set in stone. Because for the first time in 25 years, 25 years, not like, um, you know, oh, it just happened. For the first time in 25 years, power of Turkey has changed hands from the largest city. 
There is a saying in, uh, you know, in the Mediterranean. Who, he who controls Constantinople, which is known as Istanbul, which is also called the city, polis, right, will um, be in control. Imamoglu won the mayoral elections there. And this is why it's important. So before we break, I just want to remind you guys, in March, I talked about how Turkey, they had elections, right, on a local level. And so mayors are kind of like governors of areas. They have a bigger say. You would say they're kind of like Senate representatives and House all intertwined in their politics. So the mayor is kind of like a representative of of that region, that city. Istanbul is one of the biggest. And Imamoglu, in March, won. Not only won, he won by like 13,000 votes only. So he decided, you know what? Let me play a clip quickly. The opposition has won this election 54% to 45%. Those are not the final results, but they're as good as final because 99% of votes have been counted and the electoral authorities say there were no major problems. The result is a coup for democracy in Turkey and a blow to President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Erdogan refused to accept the results of the elections in March in which his candidate lost by 13,000, won 3,000 votes and he pushed for the election to be reheld. And now he's lost the repeat election by 777,000 votes. Did you hear that? So remember in March I said he just totally nullified a proper election, which was a coup on their democracy. And I talked about this in March. I was like, oh my gosh. He's like going in there saying, nope, not accepting the vote. We're redoing it. Well, they redid it. And now the gap was 770,000 votes. That's huge. That is the biggest slap in the face for Erdogan. So now his country, like his position, if you picture him sitting on a chair, that chair is shaking. And the leaders of these large cities that have come out as mayors are rocking his world. So not only is there instability on a global scale and he's getting aggressive and he thought with the election. So showing aggression of going in, we're going to oil drill, we're going to do this would win. He lost because the people of Turkey don't want that because they know what's inevitable. And that is that the world will declare war on Turkey. I'll see you all just after this break while we break down more of what went on over this weekend and what's happening today. See you all in a few. Just to bury my- 
Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So this is uh, the second hour of the Tory Says Show where we kind of uh, do a bigger and a deeper dive, one would say, into what's happening, what's going, and what to expect. So it's really important for uh, people to understand where we sit as a nation uh, and what is really going on. See, we have the Democrats telling us, uh, you know, that uh, we shouldn't go to war, yet they're the ones pushing for war because their rhetoric is... Uh, you know, that our gas, our oil and gas prices will go up um, when it's uh, definitely different. Actually, on Monday, as tensions in the Middle East are rising right today, right? They're rising, not only from the side of the Gulf of Oman, but the Eastern Mediterranean. And as, you know, Secretary Pompeo um, announces that we're going to have huge, significant sanctions on Tehran. And even though on Sunday, uh, Bolton said, stay tuned, we've got some super sanctions coming in. U.S. crude rose by 0.7% early this morning. Uh, You know, uh, morning meaning European time, right? And it's still going. And it went to $57.82 a barrel. Um, Brent gained uh, 0.2%. We got, um, and that's up to $65.31, while gas moves steadily at a uh, 2.21 per million BTU. So it's pretty big. And, uh, you know, our president said he stopped an attack on Iran because it wasn't the right answer. It wasn't reciprocal. It wasn't. It's like taking a missile you know, and bombing and killing all these people when no one really died. Uh, So, and it was questionable who actually gave the order. So it would just be disproportionate, and that's true. But, uh, you know, the Iranian officials uh, told um, Tehran that they received a message via Oman from President Trump warning that the U.S. attack on Iran would take place. So again, why is Oman diddling with this? Oman needs to keep their butt out of it. They need to just mind their own business and they need to stop working with the IRGC again, because again, the central agency has people everywhere. Okay. The central agency has people everywhere. And that includes Oman. Uh, Saudi Arabia has actually removed the majority of them uh, to say now Like I said, there are many sources that are claiming that President Trump had given the green light for that cyber attack that happened on June 20th uh, to destroy all, you know, computer networks. 
or I, how would I say it? Like the, the hub of uh, connected networks, computer systems that link up to missile systems of Iran. And, you know, this, the impact of such a cyber attack is not really clear on what's going on, but my sources in Iran say it's not really a big deal. It's super easy to recover. Um, But the United States hasn't taken an official position on this. So I guess it would be that they don't want to talk about it uh, in regards to jeopardizing any future efforts that they might have or any plans. Now, other sources on the ground say that it wasn't the United States, but it was actually the good guys within Iran. That way they can weed out those that aren't the good guys. So, you know, there's a lot of skepticism. We don't know what happened, but apparently this incident happened in direct response uh, to what Iran did with, um, you know, against the United States. So, you know, we have to understand that it's 2019 and cyber attacks are a choice of weapon. Uh, And it's a great way uh, to, you know, it's a good strategy in regards to politics. I mean, cyber attacks, not only in regards to taking system down or hacking systems and causing havoc, but also manipulating the cyberspace in general. We see it um, coming up in regards to perpetuating or driving discourse on the internet one way or another. And today, Project Veritas revealed something of that nature. And then the last half hour, we'll talk about more domestic issues and, and, and touch on that. So, you know, long-term goals, I guess, is what's going on uh, in regards to these cyber attacks and, you know, having Brian Hook in the region, talks, you know, Iran being receptive. And when I say Iran, I'm going to say again, it's Khomeini. Uh, the fact that we've just, you know, he just signed an executive order, the president did, in regards to confiscating Khomeini's assets. Uh, the majority of them are found in Turkey. So this is where we sit and see, is Turkey going to uphold the sanctions that we issued? Are they going to show some type of, mm, I would say, hand extension to President Trump, considering they're in, you know, the midst of it, especially with their threats in the Eastern Mediterranean uh, that Israel, uh, Greece, and uh, Cyprus have been voicing and were a topic of discussion with Bolton. The fact that they don't really care and they'll stick with the Russian missile systems. You know, this is a... This is a big deal. Now, coupled with that, remember, Imamoglu just won the election. And um, even though it's not going to change, like make any radical changes to like economic policies or anything like that, the, um, the you know, Erdogan has um, no other elections coming up till 2023. So it's pretty safe for him in that sense. So... The economic policies will remain, but the economics, because of Imam Oglu's elections, are going to change. Meaning, um, he finds that there's an opportunity to his like weird idea of low interest rates to fight inflation. But the central bank of the country of Turkey um, is kind of vague 
on what is monetary and what is fiscal policy. Make sense? It's kind of like their economy, their lira is in a lot of trouble. And since Imamoglu being the mayor is going to be taking over, you know, Istanbul's finances uh, and, you know, that city itself uh, has one of the largest budgets, which is 1% of the national GDP. It will be difficult to influence national politics or policies, but it could show that Istanbul can go in its own direction while Erdogan controls, you know, the rest of the country and the city council that Imamoglu is on. I'm stressing this because it's really, really important because at this time they're, you know, pushing out aggressively. They're being scolded, not really sanctioned, by the European Council and the European Union. Israel, Greece, and, and, and Cyprus have spoken with the United States on this matter. Um, Bolton and um, Ben Shabbat met about the concerns they have in the Eastern Mediterranean and how this is affecting the Syrian concerns and how it's affecting Israel. And so they're getting it from all ends. And in the end, Russia's just kind of sitting back. And I know Erdogan is kind of looking up at Russia like, yo, um, but Russia really doesn't care. Because in the end, when Turkey splits, Russia gets back a piece of land that Turkey stole from them, you know, back in the days. So they really don't care. So it's a it's a really sad situation of how it's turning out. But you know how I always say that clowns tend to pull their own pants down? Well, this guy's a clown too. And unfortunately, his time is over. Over 25 years it has never, ever, ever happened that an opposing party will win a mayoral election or a representative of a big city, especially one that takes 1% of your GDP, ever. And they are the opponents to Erdogan's policies that won. So this is a huge deal. Uh, you know, domestically for Erdogan, he's on the rocks. His economy is failing. Uh, he is being asked to do things that will stymie their economic growth, which is hold Iran accountable, which he won't. And, um, you know, at the same time, he's being aggressive in the Middle East, making more enemies, such as, you know, Israel, such as Jordan, such as even Assad. So, you know, it's really hard. And now that they booted him from the meeting that was planned to talk about Syria, it's a really big deal. And their answer to that, okay, their answer to the fact that they were blocked from going to this meeting to talk about Syria was insane, Tavusoglu, he had a joint press conference with, um, you know, the foreign minister of Rwanda because, you know, he was he was having talks with them and they were asking him questions. And he made blatant statements about the S-400 missile systems that Turkey is to be receiving from uh, Russia. And he said, you know, I really don't, you know, we're not deterred by any sanctions trying to impose by the U.S. We really don't care. That's basically what he said.
And, uh, you know, he's supposed to be receiving these S-400 missile systems right at the time that, you know, we have the G-20 summit. And for some reason, the mainstream media in Europe, Africa, and the Middle East are claiming that Trump and Erdogan are having a meeting at the G-20 summit, and they're not. So nothing like that has been said. Tavuzoglu uh, actually stated, regardless of what the U.S. will do or decide to impose sanctions on Turkey, Ankara has already bought the Russian S-400 missile systems. So in no way are they going to withdraw from this Moscow deal, period, he said. So we're discussing what dates we're getting these missiles. So they really don't care. And he says, you know, Turkey needs this to strengthen their anti-air capabilities as it can't rely on NATO and the alliance is able to protect only 30% of Turkish airspace. Are you guys understanding what they are telling you? Because if you listen to leaders, they're telling you NATO is done. And... Something people don't know is like the first largest army or um, military capacity of NATO is the United States. The second is Turkey and the third is Greece. So we've got number two and number three going head to head right now in the Eastern Med. And we've got Turkey saying, well, you know, we can't trust NATO. So we're going to put missiles. And it's like, what? This is a problem. And why have I, and I remind you, why did the Arab League or Council exclude Turkey from that group when they were, in, you know, from their inception? Because the Turkish people, the Ottomans, as they're referred to, are people that are not trustworthy, that do not have a moral floor, you know, like how low can they go? Uh, they don't have any proper direction. And so when you have a nation or a group of people that have no boundaries, it's kind of like, let me break it this way. Let's pretend that there's a group of people. There's two groups of people. There's a group of um, friends that you want to make. So let's say there's a group of five and another group of five. So five, one group, group A, you know, uh, when they hate someone, just whatever. I don't like this person, whatever. And they start talking smack about the person. They stick to talking smack about only that person. And all they do is talk smack. If one of them in the group says, hey, should we, uh, oh, you know, that person's five-year-old did this. And here's a picture. Let's put it all over social media showing how sloppy the kid eats. The other four are going to be like, yo, man, that's totally not right. Yeah, you're right. It's a little bit much. Hey, why don't we like, you know, we hate this dude. Let's call his wife's work and start saying stuff about her so they can fire her. And they're like, dude, uh, you know, that group's like, man, that's like going too far. We could not like the person, but we've got to have some boundaries. I mean, we're not looking to like harm the person or kill them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's group B. Group B is like anything's game, dude. Want to go egg the house? Let's do it. Want to slash tower tires? Let's do it. Want to talk about, you know, Joe's kids? Let's do it. Want to put pictures of Joe's kids? Let's do it. Let's stalk? Let's do it. When someone doesn't have boundaries, you can't play with them. And the Ottomans are people without boundaries. Remember, they've committed atrocious genocides in just the past 200 years. Genocides. Over the past 200 years. Now there have been wars like none other throughout, you know, time from written time. The atrocities of what 
Turkey did were beyond that of what Hitler did. Genocide, trying to eradicate a whole nation. Genocide, not of one, but three different nations, all at the same time. So this is who Turkey is. This is their history. And I've said it before, nobody wants to play, but strategically, as a people, as a group of people that share, I guess, the same ideology, I really don't understand their ideology. I don't know if you guys have been to Turkey. It's like, it's a weird place. So anyway, they are in the best position geographically to be a nation. They connect Africa, Asia, and Europe. And this is why all the pipe systems are there. This is why Europe will not sit down and say, okay, we're sanctioning you. Okay, sanction us. I'm just turning off the switch. You get no more oil. They're not going to do that. Because then the European Union is going to have to buy it from somewhere else. They're going to have to charge their people more because they got to get some boats and maybe go down to the Hermuz Strait. Or maybe they have to buy it from the U.S. and they don't want to right now. And maybe they need to bring it in from Russia more. And they're like, oh, but there's sanctions. What do we do? So they're stuck. They're not going to attack them. They've got them. Turkish people got the European Union just where they want it. So they're really testing the patience of many nations, many surrounding nations. On the back that they probably don't know how it's evolving uh, down in uh, Iran. And they're hearing things here and there. And they're choosing to align with Russia. And Russia really doesn't care about them. Russia cares about Russia, and Russia cares about destroying NATO. Russia cares about, and honestly, I actually believe this, free trade, not world domination, okay? I believe that they are uh, seeking free and competitive trade. I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, Russia's the enemy. Yeah, okay, they can be seen as the enemy because they're the only country on the planet that has zero debt, zero, like zero, nothing, They have like a fat bank account. They don't need to borrow stuff to do stuff because they got money. So yeah, they're a threat because they're in a better position than every single nation on this planet. Yet what they want is, you know, fair trade, competition. And you know they've got an advantage because they got money, right? So going back to it. Uh, So the leaders of the National Security Council of Israel, Russia, and obviously Bolton together, right, started the the two-day meeting that they had in Jerusalem uh, just, you know, this weekend, right? Uh, And what's interesting is, is that first of all, they closed the door on Turkey and said Turkey's not coming. And actually, that was at the request of Israel. And so... The meeting is unprecedented. It's never happened. And they're going to be talking about uh, the Middle East and the Eastern Mediterranean. That's what they've been doing. And so um, Petrushev uh, is um, having bilateral talks with the United States singly. And then we have the trilateral talks between Israel, Russia, and the United States. Uh, mostly so that they're going to be talking about, um, like Petrushev, talking about um, the Russian agency tasks and how they have to take into account um, Iran's interests and, um, you know, kind of offer things to, 
you know, the Israelis and the U.S. government. Now, according to Petrushev, uh, their talks were mostly about Syria, um, where Iran is kind of involved, and also discussing the crisis in the eastern Mediterranean. Now, the fact, again, I stress this, that there is a discussion of the Syrian crisis without someone representing Turkey is a huge deal. Anyone not paying attention to this is dumb. Remember, Turkey has the green zone. Turkey's in Idlib. Turkey, Turkey, Turkey. And the thing is, Israel refused to have the Turkish official come because of what's going on in the Eastern Mediterranean. And guess what? Our countries. Our country, the United States, and Moscow totally agreed. Remember, Moscow, that is supposedly BFFs with Turkey, was like, yo, I'm with it. Let's not call them. So Turkey, again, I'm just pointing out just how they're being pulled in all directions and are in a lot of trouble, right? Because they've got the United States not talking to them because of the S-400. The United States not talking about them uh, because of the advancements that happening in the Eastern Mediterranean and the fact that they're not abiding by the sanctions imposed on Iran. But also the EU is you know, saying, oh, we're going to sanction you, which is pretty much a bluff. They would never do it because they're energy dependent. Their country within it domestically, you know, Erdogan is on shaky ground because he just lost a huge election that he declared was illegitimate because his party lost by 13,000 points only to redo it and lose by 777,000. That speaks volumes. And the, you know, situation the escalations in Syria and how they're pushing the Turkish border and how their terrorist group, FNL, are in there helping, you know, ISIS terrorists and funding terrorism, funding terror cells, and getting caught trying on the black market to sell gold that was smuggled from Venezuela to Uganda and then being sold through Turkey, let alone that they're selling black market uranium and people are like, what are you doing, Turkey? So this is huge. The fact that they, you know, if anything, you'd be like, well, you know, not a lot of people are reporting about the gold, which they did. Not a lot of people are reporting about the uranium. True. Only two people did. And, um, you know, they're kind of helping us in Syria because we have bases around there and refugees are going there. And it's like, yeah, the refugees that are Kurdish end up in the water dead. But okay. But no one's talking about this is the big development. That these countries, so it's Turkey, Israel, the United States, and Russia involved in this whole Syrian conflict, sitting down with Syria, talking about it, exclude Turkey. That is a majority key player in Syria. That speaks volume in itself. So this tells you where Erdogan is. He sits outside of the circle. So this is one of the most heated months we are entering to. It's hot in July. It's going to get hot under the collar. And that turkey is getting basted right now. So uh, it is the most important thing ever that I've seen in, in, in foreign policy relations and discussions in diffusion of war zones, in strategic planning, to exclude someone that is playing such a major role in that area. Now, even though, um, you know, Turkey's like, yeah, we're going to like totally talk with Trump. Huh. Washington, D.C. said, um, don't get your hopes up. We are so not talking. So 
it is going to be a huge deal because while the G20 summit's happening, they're getting S-400 missiles from Russia. Russia also agreed to be like, yeah, let's oust them. We don't need these guys. They're, they're bad news. And all this is happening. And in the United States, no one's talking about it. Iran this. Iran, Iran is under control. It's done. We need to focus on Syria because I played that clip from Wesley Clark last week. Go take a listen to it. There was a plan to take out all the, these nations. And President Trump threw a wrench in the Syrian plan and definitely threw a wrench in the Iranian plan. Because while we would be distracted with North Korea threatening nuclear war, Iran, still a front of money laundering to fund terrorists, would then be the new nuclear threat. Hmm. Hence the nuclear concern and hence why our president says they don't need to have nuclear weapons no they don't because they've got dark money sources they've got black market sources they've got people with so many thumbs in iran it's ridiculous and we've got the central agency in there too right all the clowns are having a party and all the while and we're going to talk about now our domestic after this break we've got obama in italy hanging out with clooney right meeting up with italian officials meeting up with eu officials and not only that with people from oman from yemen and even iran's irgc all of this happening while he's staying in the house with a gchq operative which is the equivalent of the central agency the equivalent of the CIA, as people call it, I hate calling it an intelligence agency. It's central agency for the United Kingdom who helped spearhead the coup against President Trump. All of this is happening at the same time. And I'm wondering, I'm pretty sure we have eyes on everything. If I've got eyes on it from sources in Italy, definitely our government does. So all of this is happening. We're going to analyze what the climate in our mainstream media locally is to distract us from the real big developments happening across the pond. I'll see you all in just a few. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate... Go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. 
It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961 Promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So uh, a lot is developing within our domestic policy. So let's let's kick that off. But on, on, a, on a happy note, I wanted to tell you guys something. So my daughter, she's 13, right? So she's been watching movies and been complaining, oh, my gosh, this liberal stuff, this snowflake stuff, this using pronouns. She was tired of it yesterday after watching some movie. She was like, this is really ridiculous. None of us my age think it's okay. Kids, like kids, like little kids, like, you know, between the ages of 10 and and 15 are tired of it. They don't want to be politically correct. They want to have a great future. They want to have what America was intended to have, right? So she says to me last night, after I get her like this blizzard, um, she's like mom I'm totally going to try to find more kids like me and I'm going to go out there and tell them look I'm doing this we can all do this together because we need to tell adults that are voting now you know what we want so I'm in a meeting in the morning and so my Twitter is up and I'm seeing that my little girl is tweeting 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 and you know I was proud because I was like, okay, she's learning it. Obviously, Twitterverse, can't hold on to your seats. Her has her handle is Phoebe's Big Mouth because she does have one. She's very opinionated. And, you know, I have to say, I was actually very proud. We're at the age of 12, right, 12. She stood in front of thousands of people to speak about candidates that were going up to be nominated by the North Dakota GOP. And she, she did that all on her own. She wrote her own speech. Uh, she sat there. I was proud. And I think if every parent um, allows kids with conviction to stand for what they believe in, they could do anything. I'm actually kind of jealous. I wasn't as bold as she was um, at that age. So <clears throat> the reason I'm saying this is that we're seeing a shift in from skewing truth to blatant false lies and um, silencing. 
So like, for example, um, we had, you know, these crazy tweets that went through, right? Did you guys see the tweet where there was it Nancy Lee Gran? She tweeted out and remember, she she's um, an actress and, you know, she's got an okay following, but she tweeted a picture of children sitting on a cement floor with aluminum blankets saying the Trump administration is forcing children to sleep on cement floor with aluminum blanket and lights on all night. And Sarah Fabian from the DOJ argued in court that it was good enough and soap was necessary. Companies are making $750 a kid a day to torture them. Here's the thing, the pictures and what she's saying were things from 2015. So they're coming out with blatant lies. I just saw The Hill push out an article that I responded to saying that Iran was chanting death to the United States. Dude, that happened like a very long time ago. Not happening right now. So much fake news. And, um, you know, we had Project Veritas exposing how Google will do anything to ensure that someone like President Trump doesn't happen again. These uh, these are Blatant lies, blatant manipulation, and it's as if, oh well. Now, we do know that the Twitter um, court case is going to be happening, right, in August. So that's going to be incredible because I want to see Laura Loomer back up. Uh, But this is where we're at. We have people that we've given credit to right we have employed them or entrusted them with our money our time our viewership everything that are fighting us that are going against us they are manipulative and it's disgusting too uh disgusting on what they say disgusting on what they do i mean did you guys see the interview with E.J. Carroll on CNN? She was talking about, and excuse me, because it's so crude. Well, I don't know if Trump ejaculated. Jesus, where are we? Like, this was like watching sewage run across a screen. I was sick to my stomach. This is our domestic house right now. We're talking only domestic stuff. So we've got that. We've got Swallowell parading around five people, you know, and and and. Blatant lies about the president. I mean, I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around it as to how we shifted from skewing the truth or not talking about the truth to blatantly lying and nobody caring. That is where I'm kind of, I'm, I'm lost for words. I'm really lost for words. So not only do we have the pure, insane, uh, you know rhetoric on tv let me play it for you it's really disturbing and it makes you wonder how does cnn even play this how how is this not insane listen to this i guess my question is is could there be any dna i have on no there? idea i do not know if the president ejaculated have no idea yeah because 30 years later you would have that right guys what kind like what is going on This is complete insanity. Do we have DNA evidence from 30 years ago? What? She's going to come forward with a dress like Monica Lewinsky? Please give me a break. You know, and if she did, I guarantee you it would be someone like CrowdStrike or a lab that has no contract with the federal government that's going to come out with the results saying, yep, this is what's up. 
It is insane. I mean, I do not see how this is even okay. The rhetoric that we're seeing. Let's, oh, let's talk about Warren. Did you guys see her? She was celebrating her birthday. Are you listening? Her birthday with Planned Parenthood. Her birthday. So she was celebrating her life in a place that takes millions of innocent lives. How disgusting. This is what supposedly represents us. Oh, no, it does not. It is the most disgusting thing I have ever seen. I didn't know how to respond. I was thinking, this is, you're, you're celebrating with people that dismember, kill innocent children, dismember and kill innocent children, millions of them, and you're celebrating your life there? It's incredible. Incredible. Now, I know all of us are waiting for these um, declassifications to come. We have uh, the Democrats pushing along, trying to push along uh, their agendas while we sit back. Yet everything is going to be coming to the forefront. I want you guys to listen to the James O'Keefe clip carefully. Listen to what they're saying they're doing. Um, the reason why I decided to come to Project Veritas is because um, people need to know what's actually going on with Google. There's this facade about what they're doing, but what they're actually doing, what the employees are actually seeing inside the company, is different. Well, but the reason we launched our AI principles is because people were not putting that line in the sun. They were not saying what is fair and what's equal. So we're like, well, we are a big company. We're going to say it. People voted for the current president do not agree with our definition of They're not objective piece. They're not an objective source of information. But then there are teams uh, which are called ML fairness. ML fairness, the teams? Fairness, like, yeah. you know, you need to be fair. If we're also training our algorithms, like if 2016 happened again, would we have the right be different? They are a highly biased political machine. Um, that is bent on never letting somebody like Donald Trump come to power again. 2020 is certainly on top of now my old organization, Trust and Safety, is top of mind. They've been working on it since 2016 to make sure we're ready for 2020. This is a Goliath I'm but of David trying to say that the emperor has no clothes. He got called in front of Congress multiple times. They can pressure us, but we're not changing. Being a small little ant, I can be crushed and I'm aware of that. But this is something that is bigger than me. This is something that needs to be said to the American public. Elizabeth Warren is saying that we should break up Google. I'm like, I love her, but she is very misguided. Like, that will not make it better. It will make it worse. Because now all these smaller companies who don't have the same resources that we do will be charged with preventing the next Trump situation. It's like a small company. And it's like... So the small companies will be charged with the task to prevent another Donald Trump situation and they don't have the resources we do. That's the key message here. Control. Have you guys ever been on Storm? I'd love for all of you 
to pull out your senators and your congresspersons. They're free. You just sign up and it's free. See their Senate filings on their financials, their Congress filing on financials. Look at how many of them have ABC and Google stock just in general. All of them. Every single one of these clowns is highly invested in that. Well, the majority of them, because they're some really good guys. I mean, I wouldn't blame them for having stock, but look at the ones that say gifted stock. Ha! Because I found a lot of that in one of my senators filing gifted stock of Apple. And it happened at the time with that San Bernardino of giving a back door so people can access phones. Yeah, that's where it was at. So the pure insanity that we're seeing emerge on a uh, community level, right? And then feeding up to the political level, domestically now speaking, has just gone insane. Like EJ Carroll, did you guys hear how she said she's not going to press charges for rape because it would be, what was it, insulting to people that are at the southern U.S. border that get raped daily? This is the stuff that 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 our kids, our younger Americans, our young adults are listening to. This is horrific. What kind of politics is this? Like CNN is disgusting for even putting things out like this and not talking about things like, yo, there's a fire going on in the Eastern Men. Yo, why is Oman leaking information to Iran? Hey, how can we help our economy? Why is the Fed Reserve not adjusting interest rates to help the U.S., but doing everything to help every single other country but us when that private bank, because the Federal Reserve is a private bank, is supposed to be U.S.-centered. Why is Lagarde huh, of the IMF coming out talking about how putting more sanctions on Iran or going to war with Iran or dismantling the comedy from Iran will be detrimental to the global economy? Why is the IMF coming out? Who is the IMF? They trade in debt. They literally have a currency that is based on every single nation's debt. These are the news. That's the news we need to have. The news that the president is putting out directives. He issued an executive order to the Department of Health and Human Services and other areas within the government that deal with health care to create mandates and regulations to tell a hospital, yo, when you take a patient and you want to get an appy done and, you know, to remove your appendix, right? You need to break it down how much it's going to cost from the cotton bud to the room to the surgeon. And it needs to be transparent so that the patient can go shop around. The minute people start shopping around, suddenly prices go down. But here's the thing. How do you do it when the majority of the large hospitals are all networked together? We got Kaiser that that has taken the West by storm. They've, They've taken it. We've got the mayo spreading out in the Midwest. Boom. The networks are huge, so we need to break those up too. Because what is the core of socialism? Look it up. Is to create monopolies. And government control monopolies are just monopolies in general. Because a government doesn't have to be a government with a flag. It could be a corporate organization. And this is what Google was telling you. We're not going to break it up and have a lot of companies because they don't have the resources. And who knows if they'll be able to do it to avoid a Trump situation again. Who are you to decide who I vote for for president? 
Who is DirecTV to decide what I can watch on TV? Who is AT&T to decide? These are questions all of us should be asking because right now, domestically, they are distracting us, first of all, from the actual serious issues that we have as a nation on a global platform, the threats that actually exist, the threats of artificial intelligence coming in from China, the threats and the problems that we will be having with 5G. The threats from the sky. Threats, threats, threats. No, we're focused on stupid things. Like 30 years ago, some woman claims she was raped, finds it insulting to file rape charges because there's so many people at the border, you know, getting raped. So is that a a, a confession that we have a problem of human sex trafficking down at the southern border? I mean, and then they're asking, do you have DNA evidence? Like, hey, maybe we'll introduce a dress like Monica Lewinsky did and slap on some DNA supposedly, send it to a private laboratory, issue the report and say, tough, that laboratory said so, even though we paid for it, it's valid. And then, you know, the federal government's not going to find it valid. Or maybe they could set him up because, you know, he does have a doctor and they do have his DNA on file, you know, whatever. This is what they're doing. And all the while controlling our communications, our ability to share information, discuss information, and and whatnot. All the while controlling how we are able to express our thoughts by political correctness, by uh, setting guidelines of what words you can use, telling you what pronouns you can use. Oh, and what religion is valid. I mean, Trudeau is actually converting to a Muslim. That's news. No one's talking about that either. So it's like so many things are going on domestically to keep us busy that we're not looking at the bigger picture the bigger picture is we need to stop we need to turn them off we need to stop listening to them and listen to ourselves listen to our inner guide converse with the people that can align or you know um give us input or provoke objective thought rather than tell you you need to no i don't need to do anything Now we have the Democrat debates. You watch Yang come to the forefront, guys. I guarantee you there will be neocons aligning with him because they already have. They already have. So we actually have an election happening. Now, even though the bookies are saying that President Trump is going to win it, Yang is the wild card, said it. This is where we need to focus, what we need to look at. Okay, they're silencing us. They're disallowing us from having conversation, disallowing us from access to information, disallowing us disseminating information, disallowing us to do anything, even have a sense of humor. I was actually put in Facebook jail again because I shared an article, which was a parody article, uh, and it was super hilarious too, which is like Lutheran Social Services. And just so you guys know, Lutheran Social Services is like the main leader on importing Somalis and um, uh, Liberian migrants uh, to Minnesota and now North. North Dakota and North Dakota is actually one of the states there's 12 of them in the nation that import unaccompanied minors from these nations anyway so they bought this new building in Bismarck and it was a parody article saying how you know they felt that the building was tall enough to throw gays off of it you know so that way the Muslims can get rid of the gays and exercise their religious beliefs and whatever so it was a joke and I was put in Facebook jail again so now you're not even allowed to put jokes You know, so 
it, it's pretty incredible how they're telling me what I can post on my own personal page, my page, my content, my pictures, my friends, nobody else's friends, mine, mine, mine. And they put me in, in Facebook jail. So much Facebook jail that I can't even use Messenger. Uh, last time I was in Facebook jail, I think I was able to use Messenger and then I wasn't. I, I don't get it. But this is where we're at domestically. It is pure insanity. We have our Congress fighting us, our Congress fighting for foreign migrants, migrants that have no business being here because they're illegal, migrants that are getting the benefits that could be for our homeless. Again, I tell you, look at the homeless population. All of them are American. You will not see one illegal migrant on the street unless their friends kick them out or something else happens or they're drug addicts or whatever. Majority are Americans and also U.S. veterans. Yet the illegal migrants aren't on, on the street. And I'll tell you what else. And I'll have this piece through Laura Loomer U.S. soon. On the border, we have a huge, huge Muslim crisis coming. There is a big group on the border that is facilitating asylum for Muslim illegal migrants coming through the border. It is huge. And the problem is exactly what I said happened in Europe too. From within, if they can destroy the foundations of what unites us, pride for our American flag, pride for being a melting pot, pride for Americana, and force us to comply to them, force us to uh, be, what is it, more air quote, inclusive. That's it for us. That is it for us. There is no going back. The minute you step down and say, all right, well, I'll just do this. We won't have bacon anymore in any of our fast food restaurants. It's banned. That's it. You lost. We'll put bacon in a separate corner so it won't touch meat of any other kind. You've lost. We'll have you work these hours and not those hours during your fasting period. It's lost. You'll um, have all this time off for prayer. You can take five breaks a day and we'll even make a prayer room for you. It's lost. Because our work ethic, our um, culture, the minute you take away someone's culture and how they operate, your society is gone. It's changed. It's no longer the same. And this all happened from the early 1900s. They destroyed family. They destroyed religion. They destroyed basic foundations of what it meant to be an American. And this is where we are now in 2019. We have people parading around who they sleep with. Like there was this lesbian activist out there. I'm a lesbian. It's like nobody cares. What is that like a minority card now? So when you leave work and you go home and have sex with the same sex, you're suddenly a minority. It's kind of like Mayor Pete coming out. Yeah. So as far as U.S. policy, did I mention I'm gay? As far as the economy, did I mention I'm gay? That's all you get. Swallowell has nothing to say. He completely lied to. I mean, this is the most erratic state of our nation that I have ever seen. And it all stems from the mainstream media. They're peddling false information. They're peddling disgusting information. They're promoting pedophilia. Promoting sexualization of minors. 
Didn't Twitter just come out with these new rules? Sexual exploitation of a minor is not allowed on Twitter. Yet we have these 9 and 10-year-old drag queens dancing provocatively. Pedophilia is not, you know, something bad. It's a sexual preference, and we have to understand that. No, we don't. Castrate them. Alabama was pushing that. You know who else does that? Russia. They don't have a problem with pedos because guess what? You touch a kid once, just once, you're castrated. You can't get it up even. They're still dangerous because then they enter into the snuff world. That's usually how it goes. But that's a big deal. We have the former president of the United States. So while all this chaos is happening in our nation with the border looking like a colander, you know, you can, you can get anybody through the border right now. We're trying to mitigate. We've got ICE mutiny. Oh, he did this. He did that. We said that on purpose to see where everybody sits. It was a litmus test. Just like Iran litmus test. I told you, we will see where people sit. This is where we're seeing it. So now we have all that. and We've got Obama in Europe vacationing, meeting with people in France. And he also met with Macron, by the way, in Paris before he went to Italy, just so you know. Meeting with people in Italy, working with people like the GCHQ operatives, meeting with Oman, Iran. Why is he doing this? He's supposed to be on vacation. He's no longer president. He's hosting a speech in Italy where they're charging people 850 euros a head. And then there was like this gathering where people were praising him. Some people even kneeled down to him. Pure insanity in Italy when they saw him. It was the most craziest thing I ever saw on TV. I was like, I was so ready to just throw my remote. Because I do get foreign channels. I stream them on my TV. It was the most ridiculous thing I've seen. And here we have a president that has put us first. Us more than anyone. Our interest, our economy, our health, our security, our standing in this planet as a nation being attacked daily. It is the most ridiculous situation I've seen ourselves in. So what we need to do is tune them all out. Focus on what's really the news. Focus on what's really happening. And again, don't listen to these idiots. Listen to the leaders. Even people like Pelosi will tell you exactly what their plan is because that's how people are. They tell you the truth. They don't always lie. So on that note, I hear that there's going to be some serious developments this week. Serious ones. July, like I said, is going to be on hot fire, scorching fire. On that note, from everyone here at Red State Talk Radio, I want to wish you guys a great evening, and I'll see you all here tomorrow. Just like always, Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Red State Talk Radio. Shovel, dig the hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there